Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'm Not Okay With Day. I am your host, Day. And you guys, oh my goodness, let me tell you that the devil did not want this episode to come out, okay? The devil did not want this episode to come out because everything that could go wrong went wrong. Y'all, we recorded this podcast on in a different location. I use a completely like different equipment and everything. We thought the mic was working. It wasn't. And so my mic was not working. My guest, her mic was working. So you're going to hear her very clearly. You're not going to hear me so clearly. I tried everything, you guys, to fix the sound quality. I did my best, but unfortunately it's just bad so just have some grace for me in this episode y'all listen real real closely um and just stick through it okay but i really 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 believe that this episode needs to come out because i just know that somebody will be blessed and will be helped by this episode i truly believe that i mean this episode was helpful for me and I just I just I do believe that the devil was trying to keep it away for a reason but God y'all but God okay we figured it out it's not a perfect episode there are lots of flaws lots of problems but we're making it work y'all and so just a quick disclaimer but we're gonna get into it so without further ado let's get into the episode here is my dear friend esther and i let's go hello everyone and welcome to i'm not okay with day i am your host day and today we have a special guest we have esther on the podcast today yay Yay! Hi! <laughs> We're also in a special fancy studio, you guys, because it's our holiday weekend, and so we are um, on location. <laughs> we want to be fancy. We won't disclose where, though. <laughs> I'm so excited because Esther and I are going to talk about something very pertinent to me, and I think to a lot of our listeners. We're going to be talking today about life after divorce. Esther is one of my really good friends who has been through divorce, and I think that her experience is really, um, it's been helpful for me a lot and just in my journey. And so I think it'll be helpful um, for you guys. So we're going to dive into all of those things. But first, we have our some type of way. Esther, you are our guest. So I will let you go first. What is something that made you feel some type of way recently? Okay, so um, I, I support... Um, an individual in my job. So I'm a contractor and I support someone very important in one of our agencies. And he recently just lost his wife at the end of October. And part of working in that role um, in the office, I, I got to meet outside of, oops, I, outside of the office, I got to meet his wife and we became really good friends. You know, we bonded and um, I developed a friendship with his wife and also him as my customer because he's very personable just a great all-around person and I look to them as my work parents and they look to me as their little work child um so when when she passed away it was really difficult but all of us in the department like all my co my co-workers that I work closely with they were 
all of us were just very sad, but we were more worried about him. He's visually impaired, which is uber, you know, just much more harder when you lose a partner that you've had for so, so long and they've been together for over 40 years. So, you know, it was difficult and we were all kind of concentrating on him and trying to help him um, just be there for him. Just kind of like, hey, how are you? Is there anything we can do um, to make work easier for you? Because that's what we do. We support him in the office. But, um, you know, we would often be like, just go ahead and, and take time for yourself. But we'll we'll manage the office on your behalf while you're you're coping with this right now. Yeah. And. So I, I had gone to Marshall's, girl. That's my place. Uh, one of the places I like. And so I had spotted something that said fur babies, and she has these two. She had these two Shih Tzus. Those were her kids. They, she loved them. She has a son, a grown son, but these little dogs were, were her other kids. And anytime I see anything related to dogs, I'm just like, oh, I gotta tell her. And I caught myself going, wait. She's she's not here anymore. So it just hit me that she was no longer there. Like we were so concerned about him and we knew that, you know, that she had rested in, in the Lord and she she was at peace. But we were so focused on him that I forgot, you know, like she also meant a lot to us. And it just hit me like she's no longer here. I can't even tell her about this yeah. thing I found that she would love. So it just hit me. Yeah. And I just stood there in the aisle, just like, okay, yeah, it, it hit me hard yeah. at that point. So that was my feeling of uh, my t- uh, some type of way feeling this week. Aww. Yeah, so sad. Yeah, you know, it's hard like when you lose someone, yeah. especially when you lose someone and you have relationships with all the other people, you do forget. And I feel like loss in general is something that it just hits you at all these different times. You don't even know. Yeah. I'm sorry for that. Yeah. So, but um, she was a special woman. We really, we really loved her, and she, she was his everything. Yeah. You know. So now, just we're just trying to um, live with that reality. Yeah. I'm glad you guys could be there for him. Yeah. This time. Yep. Well, um, this week my some type of way is a little. It's a lot more happy, I think. <laughs> Um, it's Thanksgiving week, you guys, and so I was able to take some time off, and oh my goodness, taking time off work, there's just something about it that hits different when you're, like, really stressed, and a lot is going on, and for me, it just could not have come at a better time, and so, yeah, I took a few days, which, you know, in hindsight, uh, not in hindsight, it's like, it still feels a little too short. (laughs) always but just being able to be here with my family my aunt from um, Indiana came down and her husband they came down and it's literally just been me and my parents and them but it's been so relaxing it's just been like we're not even doing anything we're just hanging out we're just talking but like I feel so relaxed you know and just I have I mean work has been stressful and I'm getting the hang of it I'm still like figuring out you know how to manage the whole thing and so just being able to take the time to just rest eat good food yes (laughs) yeah i gotta be careful with that though (laughs) yeah yeah but like this thanksgiving break it's been good it's Mm -hmm. been good and i don't think like 
I think the last couple Thanksgivings have been hard. And I know that for a lot of people too, the holidays are like a hard time. So I'm just grateful for the time to rest. I'm grateful for the time to spend with my family, not even doing anything. Like we didn't do shopping. We didn't do any of those things. We literally just hung out and it was so great. So that's what made me feel some type of way this week. Very, very relaxed. So I'm feeling like... I mean, I don't know if I'm ready for work tomorrow, but... <laughs> I was going to say, you know what day it is, right? I'm refreshed. <laughs> yeah. We all need that. We do. We do. All right, Esther, so we're going to just dive in into our topic at hand. Okay. Okay. So, you know what's funny, you guys, is that when I first got divorced, I didn't tell anybody. Like, it was a big, like, thing where... I was not even ready to like face people and so a lot of people didn't know but then when I moved down Esther was one of the people who reached out to me and like oh my gosh I'm so glad that you did I'm so glad that you did because I was in a place where I felt like no one got it you know like no one understood what I was going through and so to be able to talk to you during that time it gave me like okay like I'm not the only person and that there is someone and that like, I don't have to pretend when I'm talking to you. Like, I don't have to explain why it's hard. Like, you just got it, you know? And so, for me, um, just thinking about doing this episode, I always wanted to do a podcast episode about divorce. Well, obviously, I was not in a place of readiness to do so. And I didn't know, like, how to go about it because, for me, it's just been a year now, a year and a couple months, and, like, I'm still you know, figuring things out, still healing, still going through stuff. And so I'm, I don't have like, I don't feel like I'm in a place of like over it completely to fully talk about it. And so when I was thinking about doing this episode, like you were the perfect person because not just for how much you helped me, but just knowing the journey that you've been on, I feel like it's something that can really uh, help people. And it's something that's like realistic, you know, like not just like, oh, just pray about it and it's fine, but really talk about the the struggles that you were having like how you got through them and like just being honest about the journey you know after divorce so i'm so glad that you agreed to do this and yeah i can't wait to just like dive in so i guess like the first question is how did you deal with the divorce initially when it first happened for you like what was your experience in the beginning so initially, it was a shocker, right? That's the first thing you that comes to mind. Um, you feel displaced. You feel like a rug was pulled under you, especially when you didn't initiate it or you didn't expect it, right? So it's um, it was difficult to put into words if you had to ask me in the very beginning because you were just going through several things in your mind and you just didn't know how to piece it together. But initially, the first thing I felt was shock. And it turns into trauma, right? Because now you, you're trying to figure it out, but you can. And you don't know how to cope, you know, initially. You just don't know what to do. Um, so initially, you know, I went through a series of feelings. The first was the shock. Then it was the mourning, right? You were just realizing something got lost or something died or something just is no longer so you feel you go through that then you go through a period of anger right resentment bitterness um you get debbie downers <laughs> um and then you go through a period too of um if you don't if you know 
you go through a period where you don't like yourself a little bit because you go, not that you don't like yourself, but you just start questioning like, was it this about me? You know, you start to compare yourself to others. You go, what is it about me that's so horrible? Like, am I really that bad? And um, it just starts to take you to a tunnel of a rabbit hole if you're not um, careful or if you go, you know, you, you allow yourself to just go deeper into it. It can get really ugly inside that hole because you think of anything and everything, right? So um, my initial reaction was shock followed by a series of other feelings. And the whole time you're anxious, the whole time you're high strung, everything is just intense. Um, and, and what follows that is your body starts to react, right? Um, if you are the type of person that when you're, you're nervous, you eat a lot, that follows. If you're the type of person who feels no hunger, which was me, right? Like I forgot to eat or I just, I would eat, but then I would lose it real fast. I was, I was dropping weight daily. It was weird. I was dropping weight daily and I didn't want to drop weight. I was, you know, it took me a long time to gain weight. <laughs> so initially I was just like, what's going on? Your face, my face started to flare up, mm -hmm. just irritable completely if a strand of hair would touch it it would just like flare up so yeah your body just starts to react to whatever's going inside yeah. and uh initially that's pretty much what I went through yeah honestly me too I lost weight too like during that time because you lose your appetite yeah yeah it was just like I was getting full for eating like yeah know? yeah and when you're depressed like Food is just not the priority, so it's just hard to to nourish yourself at that point, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's like stages of grief. It sounds like yeah, the shock and the anger and the depression. How long like did it take you to like? Were you before we go to how long? Were you resistant to how you're feeling when these things were happening, or did you just like let it come and just embrace? whatever it was that was coming you know I didn't care what people thought so I was just like I'm gonna go through the motions yeah. I needed to and I felt like um at that time because I didn't know what was going on I was just trying to figure it out I was like where did this go bad like what happened what were the signs that I missed what is this <laughs> you know so you initially don't know and you have to, like for me and I'm only going to speak on myself because everyone follows grief differently or they do you know they handle grief differently but for me I just wanted to um I just wanted to allow myself to give myself that um priority mm -hmm. and go through it yeah. go through it you want to cry random times when you're taking a shower or you're like feeding the dog <laughs> cry you know and I just I would boohoo at like, any given moment and I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, I don't even know why I'm crying right now. Like, I knew why I was crying, but I didn't know what caused it at that moment. It was just random crying. And um, when I was angry, I verbalized it. I was by myself and I talked to God about it. I was just like, Lord, you know, this was not right. And I tried my best and da, 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 da. And it still didn't work out. And um, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> like, why is this happening 
Um, yeah. So I allowed myself to just be free to say what I needed to say, to get it out of my system. Man, I wish I did that because I feel like I resisted so much to like the feelings that came up, like the tears. I was like, really? Yeah, I just, I think like it was just the hardest thing that ever happened to me. And I think that like even separate from what other people thought, it was more like I could not allow myself to go to that place. It was like so much um, judgment, I guess, where like I just expected myself to like, be fine I, I feel like I thought it's okay like I'm gonna get over it fast or yeah. something I don't know I just like I never allowed myself to go there until recently because it took a lot of therapy honestly for me to get yeah. to a place where I was like okay I'm sad I'm crying I'm just gonna cry or whatever I literally was always like no you can't you can't you have to soak it up soak up the tears like don't let anyone see you um it was really hard it was really hard to not because it's already hard to go through all the things that you're talking about. Yeah. It's already hard to experience the anger and the sadness and the tears at random times. But then when you have the added, like, I cannot allow myself to do this, it just is worse. Because then you, like, you feel like you're just holding on to something um, and you're just losing the grip every time. And you just keep on trying to, like, grab onto it. And, like, you can't. So that was really, really challenging. I will say, I will say that initially... In public, I try to keep it together because, number one, I didn't want anyone feeling bad for me um, because that was just going to make me cry even more. <laughs> you know, it's just like when someone's in brain, you're like, yeah, it was hard. And then, you know, you decide you're going to get choked up and and then you can't control it. And you're in public and you're like, oh, you know, if you're in public in the and there's the wrong audience there who's like loving it like a show, um, you feel like you just you just made a a show, you know? So I was like, no, I'm going to keep it together. If I'm at work, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to do my work. Um, if I'm amongst like church or whatever, I'm going to keep it together and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus on the place that I'm at and I'm going to give that attention to that. I'm not bringing this ball of personal stuff into that because, you know, there's other people there. They don't, they're not living that and they probably won't understand it. Um, you know, so I try to keep the public side of me as calm as possible. Yeah. But people could tell, you know, they saw me dropping weight. They saw my face like breaking out. Oh, yeah. You know, people would go, hey, is everything OK? Or where's so and so? And you're like, yeah, that when that would happen, I'd be like, um, I don't know where to start with that one. But okay. So I would either, <laughs> I have to tell you a story about one. <laughs> I felt so bad about this one situation, but I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, initially, you know, you try to keep the public face of you, you know, calm. And yeah. because you, you want to be in the moment and you don't want to have to spill all this stuff to like during a happy moment, you know, <laughs> you're like crying and they're like, oh my gosh, what happened to her? So, um, but when I was in private, I would allow myself to grieve. I would allow myself to cry. I would cry in the tub, crying, water falling on me at the, on the shower, you know, under the shower, not on the shower, but under the shower. And I'm crying right along with all the rain, you know, all the water falling in my face. Um, you know, I would clean the floor and I'm crying. I would watch a sappy movie and I'm bawling. 
just or crying. Or yeah. I would watch love movies, you know, like little love stories. I'm like, that's not even real. That's so fake. It's gonna leave you. Don't worry. Give it time. You know, it was just constant. Like, and and what's sad is that you believe. Well, at least I did. You know, I believe that there's that love conquers all. And I'm like, maybe there's maybe this will get better. You know, girl, <laughs> no. And it's okay. You know, it worked out for the best. But um. You know, you're watching, you're you're in, a, you're watching movies, and you're just like, God, that's, that's not real. But in the back of your mind, you're like, it's gotta be real. Mm-hmm. There's people like my, the customer I support at work. He and his wife, man, they've been through a lot to have, to, and he wasn't blind all his life, mm-hmm. and she was there for him in his hardest times. He was there for her when she went through her bouts of cancer, and to to the end, they were there for each other. There was nothing that divided that his his um his uh you know he wasn't able to see he had an impairment and it didn't stop him from helping her to eat yeah. to help feed her like um to be there with her and her her episodes with cancer never stopped her driving him to work for thirty plus years mm-hmm. you know I'm just like in awe and when I see that and I go where is that. Because I know it's out there. Where is it? Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. Yeah, so no. let's just stick to... Think, no, but I think the point of um, what you were saying about other people, that brings up the next question I have. But like, that was my thing too, is that when I'm in public, I don't want anyone to ask me questions because they're going to start crying too. Like, yeah. I'm like comforting you <laughs> about my own self. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know that, and, and you know, it's well-intentioned, I understand it, but sometimes it's like, yo, I'm feeling so depressed, I cannot handle your emotional, like, whatever you're dealing with. Like, I remember when I moved here for the first time, one of my friends, when I first told her that I'm here now, I will never forget, she came to help me actually, like, unload the stuff, and she was like, like she's from the truck and she, I said yeah I'm moving here to Huntsville and she's like oh where is so and so I'm like I'm moving here by myself and then she like the realization hit and she started crying and I was just like yeah <laughs> don't do it I'm gonna cry <laughs> I can't handle yeah it. yeah I'm already hanging by a thread and so I can't handle you out here crying <laughs> like, yeah but it's hard to it's hard to like have to see that so the next question i was thinking of asking is like how how did other people respond and like how did how did that affect you because we were all at church together like we all knew everything mm-hmm. you know i was there and like i was young so i didn't really know anything really and it's like yeah there's a lot of i mean i knew a lot of people it was like a lot of people talking about it a lot of people were concerned but also like not knowing like what to say and yeah what was that like? You know, um, some people's actions spoke louder than words, and it was a blessing to me. It was a support. I had friends like Nisha who was like, I'm here. Just tell me what you need me to do. Thinking about it, I just want a ball. But, yeah, I love that girl. Aww. And then I had, like, um, why am I crying? This is so, like, a long time ago. <laughs> Okay, it's just, it's amazing what friendships become after this time, you know. Um, Then I had a couple friends 
Adriana and Paco, right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, we're here to help you pack up. Yeah. We're going to help you. Um, Abner and Maria, call us. We're going to help you pack up. Um, just a lot of people were just like not asking any questions. And they knew that questions weren't what you needed, you know, what I wanted to hear. They were just like, we want to be there for you and we want you to be okay and you're going to be okay and we're going to help you. So those actions that spoke louder than words, mm-hmm. that, that to me like meant the world. And then, of course, there were some people who, you know, just as calm as they could be, they were just as sincere as they could be. What happened, you know, or where's so-and-so, right? Yeah. Just off the bat, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you, but <laughs> it's not here. And I had one situation. I felt so bad. Uh, a lady friend of mine, she had just lost her son. And she asked me just sincerely, like, oh, where's so-and-so? <sighs> I had a rude comment that I regret. And it was just, it was kind of a anxiety kicked in. And I just said something that I shouldn't have said. But it wasn't like bad words or anything. It was just a response that was just, it was a trigger. Yeah. So I responded very like, we're here for, for your son or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I felt so horrible. I was walking away and I'm like, turn around, say sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I already said it. I'm going to keep going. So I just kept walking. But it took years before I called her back and said, listen, you were going through some grief. You asked me one sincere question and I came back with a really weird answer. And I just want you to know that this is what happened. But I, I'm so sorry that I even spoke to you like that because you didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel horrible about it. I was just like, yikes, I didn't mean to say that. But when you're, you're going through that where you don't know all the answers yet in, of that situation, you're still trying to figure it out. Like, what, what, what's going on? And someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to. You're just like, I don't. I don't know, you know, and don't ask me like, you know, but some people go to it very sincerely. They're just they don't know. They see you in the supermarket. Hey, we're so tell so and so I said hi, you know, and you're like, yeah, okay, (laughs) okay. Um, Or, you know, then you have some people that not necessarily don't have horrible intentions, but maybe they're just. They want to know the tea and your lies. There ain't no tea here. I don't got a cup. Yeah, there's no hot water. So um, if they ask, I'll be like, oh, no. And that's what ended up happening. So some some responses to the situation were super heartwarming, and I appreciate them, and I love them to this day. Like, I think that's what helped me a lot, too, was just the friendships and um, just people that huddled and yeah. they protected you from the situation. Not not protect you like ignore it, but protect mm-hmm. you like we're going to be here for you. You know, we're going to we don't necessarily need to know anything. We don't want to know what happened. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that because I'm like, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> you know, I'm still trying okay. to figure it out. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, <laughs> how, how does this happen after years of like building trust and everything? How does this happen? Yeah. So. You know, I just decided um, these folks, they they encouraged me. So your question again was, you know, how did I react? I was very, very loved. I felt great. You know, I felt like that gave me a little bit of a boost. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like 
I mean, again, like I went through so many similar things of like some people who are there for you, some people who want to know the tea, some people who are just like <laughs> oblivious to everything. Like, yeah, I, I, I talked about this one time on the podcast where this girl, it was our anniversary and she didn't know. Yeah, she posted a memory of the wedding. Mm. I know, and I'd be like, girl, um, how do we erase actually, that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and then I had, oh my gosh. I was in Florida at this time, and I had my last coworker. One of my coworkers came up to me, and she said, "Oh, Danny, you know, I noticed that you changed your name on Facebook, and I noticed that you're not wearing your ring anymore." And I, like, she was like, "Well, dang, okay, like, thanks like, for noticing." This is my coworker. This is not even like oh, my friend. Okay, this is like someone who we're not like that. And she's like, "Oh, I just noticed all these things, and what's going on?" And I'm just like. <laughs> I'm in the heart of like this is in the beginning I'm in the heart of like I don't even want to talk to like uh, people that I love about this much less you someone that I associate with on ever so often it was just, it would, I, I felt so offended too I yeah. felt so offended but I like didn't know what to say I just was like yep we're divorced so that's it that's the story <laughs> period don't ask me any more questions but it's like it's so hard because you don't know what to, you are, don't know how to even deal with it. And then everybody's coming with the questions and having people like that who don't ask questions are just like, I'm going to be here for you. I had a friend who, uh, I appreciated him so much because I was there. I didn't have anybody to, um, help to with the move and stuff. Like my parents came to help me move my things and he was our mutual friend. And he said to me, like, I don't know what's going on, but like, we're still friends. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm here for you. If you need help, I'll come. And it literally was me, my parents, and him. And he helped me. And, like, just having people like that, and again, like, to this day, too, he doesn't know the details, but it's, like, just knowing that you're there amidst whatever, there's nothing else like it. And, yeah, I get emotional, too, when I think about, like, the people who have been there in my life who have just always supported me no matter what. And... We're always there. Like, there's just nothing like it. Nothing. You know? Um, talking about healing, though, like, about having these kinds of people, like, what for you was the thing that helped you, like, heal? Like, how, after you're letting yourself feel all these things, like, in private, like, how did you get to a point where you felt like you were starting to heal yourself? I could just sum it up uh, in one word, and it's love. Which is ironic because yeah. <laughs> uh, your love just like, you know, <laughs> dissipated and broke into pieces and all that right. stuff at that time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's ironic that when you're in love in general, right, you're at your best. You may have all these flaws and stuff, but it just it gives you this level of boost like, no one can tell you nothing. Your hair looks great. Your eyes, because so-and-so loves you and blah, 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 right? Um, and then when that falls apart and it turns into, it phases out into a divorce, mm-hmm. you're at your worst. You're still the same person, you know, that you were before. Mm-hmm. But you're at your worst now, you know? And it takes love to bring you back to life. Mm-hmm. And... For me, my first love is God, right? So I immediately went to God because he knows me best, right? And I just 
boohoo and I said, God, I just need peace. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of like trying to figure things out. I'm tired of not knowing where to go next. Yeah. Um, I'm just exhausted. I've been so high strung that physically my body was like on edge all the time. And I was ex- that was exhausting. Yeah. It's taxing on your body. It's taxing on your mind. And I just asked him for peace. And I asked him one, you know, funny question that to others may be like, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to work. But to me, it made total sense. I said, God, I need you to be my husband. And I said, I need you to provide for me because right now I'm at my weakest. I'm in my worst possible state of mind and physical being like I was just at my worst and I said I need you to I need you to be my provider that side of of who you are I need you to be my husband and I promise you that I felt this peace come over me immediately and from then on I felt not alone not that I was alone before but this situation can isolate you and you can isolate yourself too You know, in addition to this being a thing, you can isolate yourself from yourself, you know, whether it be I'm going to block it off or I'm going to cry about it and like fall into this mental hole of depression and whatever goes with that, you know. Um, And I didn't want to do that. So I said, God, I need you to be I need you to be my husband. I need you to be everything the other person couldn't be for me. And he stepped up. The Lord stepped up in my life in a more personal way than I've encountered him in the past. And I was totally like dependent upon God. And I said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I kept saying that to myself so that I remind myself who he is in my life, not just in my spiritual walk, but in my life, like in my, my personal situation life, you know, and um, he provided for me. He provided those friends that I needed to be there for me. Um, He provided another place another roof over my head because at that time I was like I can't afford this place anymore you know by myself and I don't have a truck to move I don't have I have one income now I don't have two in- we don't have two incomes there's no we either there's it was just me so I was like Lord I need you to I need you to help me there and he did and he showed out in a way that I would have never imagined you know love um I encourage those who go through a divorce not to seek new love, but to re-encounter your, your, the loves that you already have in your life because you have them, you know? Your parents, your parents love you to death, you know? And my mom and my dad were my, became best friends for me at that time. Whereas, you know, my parents, they've always had this role of parenting in my life, but now they were like, we're here for you. My brother, my brother was like, Esther, um, come come back home for like a week just to get away from it. Mm-hmm. I'll pay your ticket. Aww. To me, I was like, what, really? And he's my younger brother. I love you, Will. He's my <laughs> younger brother. And that just meant so much. I was like, oh, okay, I'm coming up then, you know, make me a room. Like, <laughs> get out of my room so I can go back to my own room. Um, so he was there for me in that that way too. And, and then the friends, you know, friends that I've had, but... I've allowed myself to take off that wall of defense because they've proven to me, like, look, we are your friends and we're here for you at your darkest, like you would be for us on our darkest, you know. And I had to lower that wall for that moment. Um, So I allowed that love to come in, 
you know, and I allow to, to be loved. Because that's another thing. I'm a very, God help me, but I'm a super proud person sometimes, you know. And sometimes I don't want the help because I'm like, you know, I got to figure this out on my own. But when you're at your lowest and you're not all there emotionally and mentally or whatever, it's good to have those people around you because they know you and you're not having to prove yourself to at all because they love you at your worst, which is what you would have wanted from the closest love that you had at that time is to be loved at your worst. And when you're not, um, and there are those who are willing to be there because they've always been there, they've never changed, you know, that brings you back to life. That brings you back to life. Yeah. So finding new love, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that route because what you're doing is you're going through the cycle again and it just it's too premature in your in your life to have to go through that and then fall back down if it doesn't work out and you just go deeper into it. Um, you have people in your life who already love you. Let them come around you at that time and hug you and be there for you and, and provide for you in any way that they're able to they're willing to provide. Let God be the one to provide for you. Do your part, but it's going to strengthen you. I remember when you, when we talked about this before, and you were telling me about, you know, like that moment of praying to God and like asking him to be your husband. Yeah. There's something that you said that I still think about and I carry with me every day. And it was like, you said something like, when God knew how much you were going through at this time, and he already was having what you needed prepared for you mm. for now. Like, he, he knew how much you were struggling. He knew how much love you needed. And so he's providing that extra for you right now. Yeah. what you need. And it just was, like, exactly what I needed to hear in that moment because exactly, like, you lose this thing and you think that's it. And you get into this tunnel of, like, I've lost everything. Everything. Now I have nothing. And... God was there to remind me, like, no, these people who have always been there, who, again, like you, I think of the same thing. I, I, I don't know if it was, like, the pride or if it was, like, this feeling that I need to be strong. I yeah. need to be strong. I cannot ask for help. I need to be the person that everybody still looks to. Like, it, that made it so hard for me to ask for help, to be vulnerable with the people in my life. And, yeah, it was, like... God was like, no, this is what you need right now. You need the help. And it's okay to ask the people for help. And it's okay to reach out. And I think that was another issue for me too. When I was having people reach out to me, sometimes I'm like, why? They, like, I feel upset. Why? Mm -hmm. They just want to know my business. Like, mm -hmm. Why are they reaching out? And sometimes it was the case. But sometimes it's like, no, this person's just concerned. And they just want to know that you're okay. And it's like, I don't want people to feel bad for me. I don't want people to feel like sorry for me but no like we need the people and I love that uh you talked about love to God love of God and going back to that first love because that's what got me through too yes Honestly, girl like this is the situation that I feel like it's impossible without God you know and just knowing that he was always there and it's not like he's not turning his back on you ever never he's like come back to me you know, so mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. yeah, he's the ultimate definition of love. So if ever, you know, if ever you feel like love doesn't exist, you know, turn to God. Like he will, he will be like, don't worry, I'm not gonna let you down. I'm not gonna let you down. 
and he didn't. I forgot one friend. Can I just call her out? Krista, that girl heard me the whole time. You know, you have friends that will just listen to you venting. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're like, I need to bounce this off. And Krista was another friend of mine. I can't, I can't thank her enough. I love that girl too. She's so sweet. I have a friend who I talk to her every day. And I told her the other day, like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad sometimes because I'm just like, I'm always just like telling you like the same thing over and over. She's like, no, like this is not a burden for me in any way. Like, I love this. Oh man. I'm telling you, and like little, I mean, these people would just come into periods of your situation where they've just been a blessing. Another friend, Janelle, and her mother, like, they were like, hey, go, go to, come, come to Baltimore. And I would spend time with her, you know, and all ears, man. You feel like you're venting forever. <laughs> so if you have friends that are the listeners, you know, they, that's a gift. To be able to just sit there and take it all in, that's a gift. It is. And, and it's rare, I realize, too. Like, it's not something that everybody has. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So thank God for friends. So, like, when you make this transition from married to single, like, what was that like? Because you were talking earlier about, like, the, the two two incomes to one yeah tough times man so many other things that come into play with transitioning from married to single what was that like for you it was very challenging like i like you just mentioned you know going from one income uh, from, from two incomes to one right um having to create a new pattern of life a new pattern of every day right because you've been so used to something else you've been sharing moments and times and movies and whatever you know Um, you've just been sharing a lot of memories so now you have to create new ones and that in itself is a process right because you have to start from scratch and you go okay not gonna think about that not gonna think about that we're gonna start a new tradition a new memory new lifestyle and it starts with what do you want what do you want it to look like Um, so, um, yeah, it was a little difficult. I needed to move, right? Cause you need a new scenery. Um, I needed to make sure that I continue to keep the relationships that I did have and create new ones because part of the issue was that a lot of people knew both of us together and it was like, um, that's that's all you that's all you had but I needed to create or establish new relationships where it was just me for the first time you know people know me mm-hmm. as myself because um, if not it was always going to tie back to that yeah. situation it was like oh um, you know you need you needed to create a new atmosphere a new something but while maintaining those lasting relationships because those those relationships they're valuable you know, and you want to keep them in your life. That's what's going to help you bring you back mm-hmm. to where you want to be as a person as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that like having, I love that you talk about like creating a new chapter because it's true. Like that's the same thing for me. Everybody knew me and this other person together. And then I was thinking coming back here too. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm coming back to the place where everyone Everything. knows me yeah. has half of something. Yep. And that is always the association. And it's a fear of like, yeah, am I going to be just me by myself? And actually, you know, what's really funny is that most recently, 
um, someone who was at the church, one of the churches that we used to go to where we used to live, reached out to me and asked me to put on a program, like, to talk about, I know, like, to, like, talk about, like, mental health and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was, at first I was like, wait, like, this person is reaching out to me, like, because we were, the, like, two at this place. And it's kind of like, I, it was just a shock that this person is seeing me as, as one person. Yeah. And still valuing what I, as one person, have to offer versus, like, seeing me as two. Yeah. And it just was like, wow. It, it was really interesting because it was unexpected. I thought that, okay, everybody from that is in the past and, like, that's it. And that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. And so that was interesting. But also, like, yeah, now, like, being in a new place, meeting new people that only know me as just me with my name and, like, with this hair cut. It's cute. Like, I like it. Yeah. Just, just like, people who only know this version of me. Mm -hmm. There is something really, like, freeing about that. It's kind of, like, I get to be, I get to be who I want to be now. Yeah. Without the, like, influence of other yeah. people. It's just, it's really, it's really something you don't think about, actually, until you're going through it, especially when you have so many mutual friends, mm -hmm. so many, like, mutual people in the circle and you know this funny story i so i think i had an advantage in that i got divorced in the heart of covid so <laughs> everybody was locked That's down rare. pretty much and there was not a lot of like um interaction with people so i never had to worry too much about okay seeing this person or this person can say mm -hmm. i had to deal with it like virtually over the internet but not in real life so when I came back here, I was like, I'm not leaving the house. I'm staying at home. And I stayed at home for months. I didn't really go anywhere. Anytime I went anywhere, I was just like, please no one see me. <laughs> <laughs> I actively avoided places that I thought other people would be. And it's funny because a year later, I was like, okay, I'm going to come ready to go, go to places where other people might be. And I did. And you know what? The first person saw me and said they didn't even know me but they knew of me and this other person and they're like oh yeah you're you're so-and-so's um daughter-in-law and i was like mm, mm -hmm. not anymore <laughs> <laughs> no actually i think it just said no that's not me <laughs> oh, looks <laughs> just like me everyone <laughs> well, has a like, twin he's <laughs> <laughs> like it's that same thing of like oh my gosh man you want to start over and boom yeah you know, so I think having the balance too of holding on to the people from the past, from who knew that, and then also from like becoming, I would say becoming more of who you are. Yeah. You know? And I think it's also, <clears throat> there's, you have to go, go through that too, you know? I know it is difficult to go back to old stomping grounds or people that have known you. But to come out of it, maybe not in the initial stage, right, yeah. because you're a mess and you're just like, uh, you know, you're going to start crying or whatever. But to be able to, to step back into that arena and be like, yes, it is me, but it's a new and improved me. It's a stronger me. It's, um, it's an independent me. It's a happier me. It's a person who's... Um, who's working towards becoming whole and not shying away from it because um, it builds your character. It strengthens you, believe it or not. Like facing that strengthens you. And sometimes in your mind, it's a lot worse yeah. than what it is in real life. You go, well, okay, well, that, 
that was it was awkward, but it wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Um, and just braving it, just going, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're not together anymore. It's okay. You're not the first or the last person. You're not gonna be the last. No. Gears a little bit, Esther. Now you're married. I am. <laughs> yeah, he and put a ring on it. Yes. <laughs> and now you're in a different place. So, like, what was it like to start dating again? Like, how long did it take you to feel like, okay, I'm ready for this next step? You know, like, yeah, what was that process like? Yeah, it it was. Um, I wasn't wanting today. Let's put it that way. I wasn't looking for anybody. I was getting used to the new, um, the new and improved version of myself. Right. I had started a few goals and I wrote it all down. I said, okay. Um, after I cried a boohoo a lot, you know, a long time, I said, you know, I'm tired of crying. Like this is just getting old at this point. And why am I crying? No one's crying for me. You know, so I was like, let me not cry. I mean, I got it out of my system. I was able to be angry for a minute, but I didn't stay there. I didn't let that venom just eat me up alive. I let it out of my system. Let me write a list of things that I want to do, right? I wrote it all down. And as I was going through that and checking them off, like putting, getting myself some braces, working on myself, right? Um, reading more books related to what I was going through so that I can get like a professional understanding of, you know, things that other people have done that has helped them. Um, building more relationships and just um, strengthening the ones that I already had that I, I appreciate to this day. They're still my friends and I still have communication with them some way or another and family, of course. Um, and I was just loving that. I was like, you know what? I like this. Like, I'm I'm becoming a better version of myself. Yeah. And I was on a roll. Girl, I took a trip to Spain. I was like, I'm going to go. Girl, I had an e pray love moment, okay? <laughs> and um, I was just like, I'm going to go to Spain. And I spent nine days there. I was, a, I was a fly on the wall. No one knew me. I didn't know anyone. Well, I knew some people. Yeah. But I didn't, um, you know, it wasn't like there was, I'm from there or anything, but I got to really enjoy life as I saw it. Um, I ate new foods, which was amazing. I established new relationships there that they're still on my Facebook page. We don't talk all the time, but I get to see the great things that they're living and I'm just happy for them and everything. And um, so I was loving it. I was just like, this is an adventure. I'm loving this new adventure. I'm growing. I feel like... um, I'm I'm working on those things that I probably didn't do so well in the relationship where I could improve as a person. And I did it for me. I didn't do it for anybody. I did it for me. And I was loving it. I was I was enjoying um you know my new little task. I would put things like little goals, "Hey, I want to yeah. start doing photography for kicks." I did. And then at one point I started, you know, tra- people are like, "Can can I pay you for that?" I was like, "Oh, yes. sure. Yeah, you can pay me for if you want." <laughs> I mean, I'm an amateur, but sure. <laughs> But I love the art, you know, I was enjoying all that. And I wasn't looking for anybody. I was like, I'm cool, you know. I could be single for the rest of my life. 
And then Felix came. But before he came, somebody had asked me, they were like, would you be, would you even consider like redating again? And I was like, no, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. And I said, you know, but if a guy with green eyes and like brown hair came, I don't say no. Cause I have a, I'm a, I'm like a sucker for like light eyes. I don't know why. I just love it. I'm just like, wow, it's so nice. So pretty. So nice. And straight up, uh, like in 2013, um, you know, Ola always has like new recruits, new mm -hmm. people coming in and stuff like that. And um, this guy came in. I didn't care for him either. He didn't care for me. We didn't care for each other. And by then, the person that I was married to at the, before had already remarried. I mean, it was just like closure too. That that was another thing that I I needed closure. And I wasn't looking for love either. I was just like, I'm enjoying this. Yeah creating myself new version of myself Esther 2.0 you know I needed that oh, yes. <laughs> 2.0 and I was fine with that yeah. and then this person came and I guess through conversation we just talked or whatever and then suddenly it clicked I was like I like that dude he's kind of he's kind of interesting but I'm not looking for anybody I'm just saying he's just interesting he's got green eyes <laughs> so he's kind of cute but I'm just gonna keep that in the books whatever moving on and um Little by little, there were we had more encounters in church and stuff like that. And eventually, we we started talking, and I was I was a little afraid. I'm not gonna lie, because yeah. like I had not had any relationship before that. Between the divorce and that mm -hmm. time, I didn't have any relationship, like relate like romantic relationships yeah. at all. It was all friendships. It was like, hey, let's go play or whatever. Let's let's hang out. Let's do whatever. Um, but it wasn't ever a romantic relationship. So when that happened, I kind of slightly went back to that state of mind where I'm like, oh, no, he's not going to like me. I'm too goofy. I'm too this or that. This was these were points in my in the relationship before where, you know. According to the other person, this is why, you know, they left me or whatever. Or, you know, ways that I, things that I felt, I was like, I don't want to feel that again. I don't know if I want to go through all that again, man. I don't know if I want to go through all that again. I'm in a happy place. I'm calm. I feel good. I want to keep it. I want to stay there. I want to stay there. But um, I asked myself and I asked God, I was like, Lord, I don't mind being single. I don't mind staying single. I like it. I was, I was liking it. Um, but I was like, if there is a way to have that real relationship where a person is committed and another person is just as committed, you know, um, I would be open to it, but only if you agree. And if you don't just shut that door fast, because I don't want to fall for green eyes <laughs> if those green eyes are not for me, you know? And, um, it was just friendship for a minute. Mm -hmm. And then one day it was just like, you know, I would like to go out with you. And I, and I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it just very slowly. But I'm also not the type to date anyone for kicks. Like, right. if I'm dating you, it's because I'm considering you as a potential mate. Yes. And if I don't see that, I'm not going to do it for kicks. I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah. that's just too much work. And, you know, life is too short. Like, you just want to be happy. You just want to be, you want to enjoy life while you can. And so we started dating. Um, but before then, I saw that this guy had the potential to be a great mate. I was like, well, he's he's checking off the boxes in my life that I like. 
So I was like, okay, my, I might be, I might be interested, but if I'm not, uh, I'll pull out or he'll pull out and we'll just be like, okay, cool. No, listen, it's okay. Make great friends. Um, but no, we, we started developing like a dating relationship. We were super goal oriented. I mean, it was just like one thing. And, and I knew that this was from God because everything was going in the right direction. Like it was always, the goals were just being met. I'm like, wow. So we ended up getting married after that. And before that, my ultimate test was I need to take this dude to my parents. I cared about what my parents think. I know that ultimately the decision is up to you, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I'd be interested to see what they think. I want to know what they think because I know my parents will give me the honest truth. And after I've gone through all this, they would be like, Esther, don't do it. If it wasn't for me, they would have been like, don't do it. You're about to get in that same thing again. So when I went, my dad, who is the toughest critic, fell in love with the guy. I was like, either you're getting old and you're losing your touch, (laughs) dad, or this guy, you know, you think he's a good match. And my dad loved him. And I was like, my dad don't love anyone. <laughs> my dad is even picky with my friends. He's like, that person's too jokey. That person's too jokey. And my mom was like, well, he seems nice. He seems like he comes from a well-rounded family. Listen, I didn't know this dude was four years younger than me. Oh, right. Yeah, that was another yeah. thing. I was like, you mean when I was in high school, you were in middle school? <laughs> you were a baby. You were a child. I feel like, this, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work out. But he was so mature for his age. Wow. And I was like, okay, well, that works out because I'm kind of childish for my age. So we meet halfway. We're like, we're right there. And um, it worked out. So we, we ended up getting married and stuff. And it's been a blessing. You know, we have a, we have a beautiful son. And he's been a blessing to my life. My son and my husband has been a blessing to my life. So, but I took time for myself. I needed that time. Dania, I needed it. And I became such a stronger person. And you are in this journey. And first of all, I got to tell you, I'm so proud of you in your podcast. Because listen, it's brave. What you're doing is bravery. And I think it's um, you're you're being real with yourself, but you're also documenting it in such a beautiful way that out of out of this, you're going to become a whole different person that you're going to be proud of. I'm telling you. I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing it. Well, I love that. I love that you were fully focused on yourself. And yeah. You were like, God, it's you. You got to tell me. You got to tell me. Because that's how I feel right now. I feel I feel like I'm still in the healing process. I feel like I am good single. I don't need nobody. And that's if perfectly fine. My life, I'll be fine. That's perfectly fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I said, I said to this to God, too. Like, I will only be with another person if you say is this person yeah i joked <laughs> and i told god the same like when i when i joked when i said that out loud i was so joking it was like it came out it slipped out of my mouth like hey if it's green eyes brown hair eyes. sure you know and i was like yeah god knows like that that would be it and straight up that joke was done a year before yeah that was a sarcastic joke and god was like okay did you yeah it's my mom the only way I'm gonna be with another person is God Himself tells me in the clearest of ways. This say right here. And if I don't hear that, it's not happening. Yeah. Because I'm like you too. Like if I were to ever date again, I don't want to date for just fun. Like no, no. it's we're dating with a purpose. I'm not gonna waste my time. With That's right. A person, so like, yeah, it's not gonna be. We're not wasting time. So, but I, I I'm not there yet. 
<laughs> and that's okay. And look, enjoy this journey because it's a beautiful one. It's such a rewarding and beautiful journey. And you're going to learn more about yourself along the way. And you're going to be less tolerant to things that you were tolerant before. And you're going to be like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. Like, you have to take care of yourself. And it's not about a you thing. But when you go through this, um, you're pretty much tossed to the side. And it takes, it has to come from you to want to take care of yourself. Um, God is already going to take care of you and he loves you and your family around you loves you. But if you can't help yourself, whatever everyone else does for you means nothing. Because if you won't accept it um, into your life, it's not going to mean anything until you accept it in your life. You know, Um, God loves us all. Right. But he never pushes anything upon us. If we accept his love and we accept what he wants to do for us and change us, not to keep us the same, right? But for us to be changed by him and transformed by him, he'll work in us if, if we're willing to, to let the Lord work in us. Wow. I love that. So, okay, you talked a little bit about like, um, you know, kind of the, what if he doesn't like me, those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, like, I think about that too, you know, because yeah, you, I mean, we all got divorced for a reason and so there are definitely things in the back of your head that's like it just comes back to you yeah what like how do you overcome those those fears of like yeah what if this happens again what if you know we're right back at square one what if the same thing happens like how do you move past that the way i looked at it number one if it comes from God, I'm going to accept it because I know that it may feel like a challenge, right? But everything in life has a risk. Mm-hmm. You you risk waking up in the morning. You risk getting in that car and driving to work in the morning. Everything is a risk. So um, it's all, it all boils down to what are you willing to risk? Mm-hmm. If at the moment you're not willing to risk that chance of someone um, not maybe liking something you you are inside um then give yourself more time that means you're not ready but if you're ready to take that jump and that leap of faith and that risk then by all means go with it but intelligently right you don't want to go into it blindfolded like oh I love that person no I mean real love thinks right you don't you don't I can't do it because it's expensive but (laughs) but um, but real love things like it's not blinded. It's not um, you don't do stuff haphazard. Yeah. You really put in your all. It's a very responsible thing. Mm-hmm. Love is serious, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, before you take that leap of faith. You know, be ready for it. If you're if you're willing to risk that criticism or that constructive criticism or maybe there's no criticism. It's all in our heads. Right. Sometimes it's all us and we're like we're the ones who went through it. So um, in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, I don't like me being jokey. He's not going to like me this or whatever. Or maybe I don't look a certain way or I don't act a certain way or I don't I don't portray myself a certain way. Um, It could be anything. So Ezra, what would you say is like some advice that you would give for anyone going through a divorce, people like me, like what would be the biggest advice to others, you know, that you would give? 
Um, <clears throat> divorce is, um, doesn't define you. Okay. But it will refine you. And I've said this to you before. Um, there's a stigma behind that title. And it throws up all kinds of red flags to whoever hears it. They're like, ooh, I wonder what happened there behind the scenes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, something must have happened nobody knows about. It, divorce, you'd be surprised what people divorce people over. And sometimes you go, really? There's people who have gone through worse and probably should have divorced, but they stuck around and they worked through it. But um, sometimes divorce is pushed upon you. Sometimes um, there's a there's stuff going on that probably divorce is needed um physical abuse or something where your life is in danger you know um there's different reasons but you're not defined by that that's not who you are it never was but it's going to refine you it's going to create the desire to to change what you need to change of yourself that you you feel that you need to not that someone else believes you should do, but that you feel you need to do. Yeah. Um, allow yourself to be loved by those who love you today. I wouldn't jump into new love at right away because you're still healing right. and you're not all there to, to accept that challenge just yet. Um, accept God's love. Go to God. Go to God and let it all out, like everything, even if you don't have the words in your mouth to say it. But if you just boo-hoo and cry, the Spirit of God is going to translate all those tears. All of those tears behind each drop, there's a meaning there. There's a reason why you just shed that tear. Or, you know, every, every cry has a, a language behind it that you probably don't know how to, but the Spirit of God can um, translate it yeah. and say, okay, she means this. This is why she's crying so hard. And God will embrace you. He won't let you down. I'm living proof that he won't let you down. I gave God, I gave God the biggest challenge of my life because that up to that point, I, I didn't have much drama in my life. You know, that was the deepest and hardest thing I've ever been through. For some, it's a, it's a loss of a child. You know, I know we're talking about divorce today, but there's all sorts of griefs, you know, maybe it's the loss of a child. Maybe it's the loss of a parent, a grandparent, someone that was really close to you. And, Give it to God, you know, like give him a chance to really step up in your life and show you who he really is. Yeah. Have that personal encounter and also let those who are reaching out to you that love you, that genuinely love you, be there for you and accept that love because they're doing it to circle around you to really be there for you and be that blanket for you at that moment. Um, and if you allow that, it's going to bring you back to life. It's going to bring the Dania that you've always been back to life. It's going to remind you why you're so valuable, why you're so loved. What is it about you that people love? You know, I've known you forever. Yeah. I Well, not forever, yeah, but like forever. for your 20s, most of your 20s. And um, I got to tell you, I love the person that you are. You're a bold person. <laughs> you are, you know, nonsense person. You tell it like it is. I don't know if that's the Jamaican side in you or what. Okay, okay. But I love that about you. I love all of the attributes that you have. You're a leader. You're a natural leader. You're a creative person, you know. I'm not pumping you up, but I just want you to know that because you need to know that. 
as you embark on this journey that you're doing right now and, and others who are dealing with the same thing, when you go through this, you're going to go through a process. Allow yourself to go through the process. Cry whatever you have to cry. Let it all out. Let it all out until there's nothing left to cry about. That sounds like a song. <laughs> it's like a rhyme. Yeah. And I love her voice. Yeah. She sings and she sings lovely. So. Well, listen, no, it's okay. Take it because it's true, you know? And so um, I digress again, girl. I sound like an 85 year old woman who's like, back in my day, you know? No, but. Yeah. So again, just going back to to the basics, allow yourself to grieve, let yourself be loved. um, And then also start writing things that you've always wanted to do so that you can grow in this process, in, in, you know, the process of grieving and everything. Find things that you want to do that you've always wanted to do, whether it be drawing, maybe you've, I don't know, you've always wanted to sing, you know, photography, you love you love taking pictures, you know, buy yourself a camera or you like traveling, take a trip, go somewhere far, far away that you can afford, <laughs> go somewhere that you can afford, but disappear and just experience something new and take pictures. I love this podcast because you're going to be able to use this and see this one day and be like, I remember all of that. And this is where I'm at now. That's awesome. That was brilliant. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's basically like a, a, a video slash audio journal for me. That's <laughs> awesome. Just to keep track, you know, um, and also it helps people too. So it's just like a double whammy. But thank you. I love that. And I think, you know, I'm soaking it all in all the words that you've said um, just about like all of the advice that you've given. I'm soaking it in, loving the people, spending time with you. And I hope that everybody else listening can do the same. You, as I said earlier, you've really been a huge part of my healing journey, I feel like. And so I'm just, again, I'm just grateful that you could come on and share the wisdom with everybody. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. You know, when you go through something like this, um, it's best not to keep it to yourself. Just share what you've learned and help others because you won't be the first and you won't be the last. Well, our last segment is what God has taught me. Um, And I usually try to do this. I I try to push myself to do it every week just so that, you know, it's a moment of reflection of like, yeah, what am I learning today? So, or this week. So I'll ask you, what's something maybe recently that God's taught you? Um, I guess throughout the pandemic, you know, we've lost a lot of people. Um, it, it's hit in our church too. Like we've lost one very special person who was very active in church and just uh, a blessing to our church. And I've just learned to really appreciate people and, and um, tell them you love them while they're still there. You know, um, I don't know, like just, just appreciate the, mo- the small moments too, you know, like even this, I mean, I know it's being recorded and everything, but just enjoy it. This is all part of life. And we live in such a fast paced world that it's getting worse, y'all. Like <laughs> it's always, everything's fast, 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 fast to the point that, you know, you just want to take a break and go to sleep. She's like, I, I need a break. But just enjoy all the little moments. They, there's a lot of pockets of happiness and just 
bask in those baskets? You know, I think something that I'm learning is God's God is preparing us for something greater. And we can't always see what it is, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And actually, I just wanted to share this quote because um, I was listening to a sermon yesterday at church and the pastor said, um, he put this quote up. And I, I, I'm going to like just write this down on my wall so I can remember it forever because it just hit me. So it says, it's from the book called Our High Calling. Our Heavenly Father measures and weighs every trial before he permits it to come upon the believer. He considers the circumstances and the strength of the one who is to stand under the proving and test of God. And he never permits the temptations to be greater than the capacity of resistance. Mm. I was like... Truth. Wow. Because, you know, sometimes we're going through this. I know that like I've been going through a lot of stuff. A lot of my friends are going through things too right now. And it's like, sometimes it just feels like too much. And it feels like, why is this happening? And just to see this reminder that God, first of all, he's not giving us anything that we're not ready to handle. He knows our capacity. Mm -hmm. More than we know ourselves, he knows us the best. He knows what we're capable of, what we can do for ourselves. And he gives us things according he allows things to happen for us accordingly and to me it's kind of like okay when anything comes up anything i'm stressing out about or whatever it's kind of i just want to remind myself that hey god knows that you can do this he knows that you are capable of handling this um and the reason i also said about earlier about preparing you because i think the thing too is like going through hard times it prepares you for something greater and something sometimes that something greater is God's glory for his character to be revealed to others you know sometimes like you won't see on earth why this is happening but it doesn't mean that it's not God's purpose is not being fulfilled in your life so that's something that is really being honed into me um, recently that I thought I would share Um, with you guys and I just want to continue to encourage everybody to hold on to God in these times to trust in him in the times of difficulty and to trust his heart because he knows he's got your best interest at heart he knows you he knows everything about you and he knows what you can handle and what you can't and he knows it's for a greater purpose so that is what I have learned we have come to the end of this podcast, Esther. It has been so good. Such a good chat. As I said, it feels just like we're hanging out, you know, having a conversation. I'm very, very glad that you uh, came on. And well, thank you. I feel like I need to have you on more times because you have so much wisdom. You really? So many, yes. My. So much to offer, I feel like. So this won't be the last time you guys will see Esther's face. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, thank you for the, for doing this for yourself, too. I mean, I'm so proud of you, girl. I'm going to keep asking along. I keep saying that. But, yeah, um, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, guys, until next time, bye. Bye. I love it. It's so happy. <laughs>